You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to Locked On College Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Josh Ward alongside Andrew Wade. It is a Ward and Wade Wednesday. And Andrew, we have a lot to get into today as it's not the typical signing day because there was the early signing period in December and so many players signed in. But uh, there are still a few big time players that are out there. There's some big time schools that will be landing them today. So you kind of put a bow on most of the 2021 class. A lot of coaches are recruiting for 2022, but Uh, wrapping up what has been a very weird recruiting year because prospects have not been able to have face-to-face visits with coaches in almost a year. You have to go back to last March when the dead period began, and it is still going on right now. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough for those players. I expect we're going to see more transfers in re- upcoming years. Obviously, the rules have also been a little bit more lenient towards that or have been gotten more lenient towards that. But I expect to see more transfers coming up in the few years just because of the fact those these players haven't visited campus. I mean, Iowa, for example – no one's visited that campus. If they have, they've done it unofficially. They haven't gotten that full experience. They don't know really what exactly they're signing up for. And that's a really big decision. So right now they're just kind of going off of what they hear, what they see on Zoom. But you can't get that same feeling as you can face-to-face being on campus. I don't know about you, but when I was looking at schools, when I picked the school I wanted to, I just knew. I went on campus and I was like, this is where I want to be at. And if you can't if you can't get a tour to go around that, if you can't have a coach talk you through that, that can be very difficult to make that decision. So it's going to be interesting to see how this impacts college football one, two, and three years from now. Right. We're already seeing more transfers and more transfer talk. And then if you have prospects getting on campus and deciding, you know what, this really isn't for me, which I think is more likely to happen over the next couple of years, it will just make that transfer market even more competitive, I would say. And that's something worth remembering. Prospects who enter the transfer portal, the more players that are in there, the the more challenging it could be for those players to find where they want to go. I'm not talking about the best of the best players, but as it gets uh, deeper in the the transfer pool, we'll see. But uh, we're seeing the same storyline here this year as we do every year. The best teams are going to sign the best players, which is no surprise. But I, I mean, it's the same schools every year, Andrew, which we talked about a little bit during the early signing period. But if you look at the current composite ranking. So 247 has the composite of the different sites and their ratings. Alabama currently is number one. Ohio State is number two. Georgia is number three. LSU is number four. Clemson's number five. Oregon leads the way in the Pac-12 again. So where have we seen this? We've seen this every year in college football recruiting. Yeah. Are there any teams in that top 20 that surprise you? I mean, I, I would probably say maybe Maryland and Nebraska. I mean, those are yeah. some interesting teams to be in that top 20, right? Yeah, Maryland for sure. Now, Maryland's a school with Mike Loxley as the head coach, who is a good recruiter. He also raises eyebrows sometimes. Uh, Their top signee is Terrence Lewis, a guy who was committed to Tennessee. And Terrence Lewis is a very interesting prospect. He's a big-time linebacker, number one ranked inside linebacker in the country by the composite. He's from Miami. And the fact that it came down to Tennessee and Maryland, I don't know if that was exactly his final two, but he was committed to Tennessee, opened things up. He announced a final two of Tennessee and Maryland. Kind of an odd pairing, right, for the top-rated player in the country at his position out of uh, Miami. But, you know, Nebraska is an interesting spot because we talked about on last week's show players jumping out. But Nebraska is putting together a pretty good recruiting class. Will it be Scott Frost that develops those guys? We'll see there. But other than that, uh, the, the order might be a little different from what we're used to seeing. But I think in the top 20, you're seeing a lot of the typical names. Uh, some of the 
teams outside the top 10, you often see inside Michigan, Miami, Florida, uh, Texas is number 17 right now in the composite. Ole Miss might stand out and you say, wait a minute, the Rebels, well, you have Lane Kiffin, who's a pretty good recruiter and a lot of excitement there with him leading that program. And it's an SEC school. I, I think only really only Vanderbilt can surprise you if they end up yeah. in the top 20. Anybody else at least has a shot because they're in that conference. Yeah, I mean, and I, one of the other teams I want to point out is Texas. The fact they lose the head coach and they are still signing a top 17 class with Steve Sarkeesian. I know um, he started recruiting the moment that he became the head coach and people are looking at him as, wow, what he did at Alabama is amazing. Uh, I actually am surprised so many people are putting in stock into what he did at Alabama. I feel like almost, as we talked about last week, almost any coach can go to Alabama and be successful. But when you look at their recruiting, the recruiting class, I mean, one of their top seven guys is not from the state of Texas. So these are guys who probably grew up wanting to be Texas Longhorn. So um, obviously having that rich history does help some of these coaches in transition. You talk about Maryland and Mike Loxley. Uh, you know, Maryland has that area, that tri area, that has a lot of talent there. And they have done talent. a fantastic job of recruiting that area. Um, two guys in their top three are from Florida. But then you look at Maryland, D.C., Maryland, Pennsylvania, Maryland, 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 D.C. I mean, doing a phenomenal job of recruiting within the state. And I think a lot of schools need to realize that they can recruit within their state first, then look to other states. That's where you can start building a lot of these programs. You get guys who want to play for that school. Uh, and I, I might be very biased because that's exactly what Iowa does, but I think it's a really good methodology. And we're seeing it work, especially for some of these schools who typically wouldn't be in this position given their situation. Yeah, and th this is a subject to change list, of course, because players will be added to these different classes, so the rankings will will change. And you talk about a coaching change at Texas. Tennessee had a coaching change with Josh Heupel hired last week, and Tennessee's the team that I'm covering on Locked On Vols. Right now, Tennessee's number 16, but the top-ranked signee, Dylan Brooks, has already asked out of his letter of intent. He signed in December, and I don't, I'm don't, i sure he would not have if he knew Jeremy Pruitt was going to be fired. And then uh, Cody Brown is a four-star running back who has asked out of his letter of intent. If those guys were to come out of the class, which is the anticipation, then Tennessee would drop for sure. That would leave them with seven of 18 signees. I'm not sure that Tennessee, Tennessee might add a player, maybe two on Wednesday. We'll see, but... Yeah, th this has been a weird coaching turnover cycle. And, you know, think about a few years ago, Tennessee had a coaching change, and that was the first year of the early signing period. Not ideal timing for Jeremy Pruitt. This year, it's the first year with the transfer market. So coaches are trying to figure out how many players can I sign? How many players can I bring in as a transfer? Because they all count in the in the rule of 25 players in the year. Do you think that should remain the case, or should they adjust that number now that transfers are likely to become – um, more accessible. Uh, it, let's go ahead and jump forward. At some point, recruits are going to be able to transfer and play right away at least once. That's the anticipation of the rule change. Do you think that should change the rule of 25 players that you can bring in? What do you think? I completely think it does because the amount of scholarships you have open is going to be different. It is going to be changing. So especially now with so many people being able to leave, you might bring in 25 guys in the class and the next year you might have 10 of them leave. Now you're left with 15 guys in a sophomore class. You yeah. need to bring in other players and you're not able to, so you're not able to fill those scholarships as quickly as you would want. I do think they need to change the scholarship limit. Honestly, I feel like as long as you are under your total scholarship limit or at it, you should be fine to bring in whatever amount of scholarship players 
you have available for your team, especially for some of these teams in transition. I mean, Tennessee is going to be one of the teams that might be screwed if they can't get enough guys in this class next year. They're only able to bring in 25. I think that's really interesting to me. And I also find it very interesting to see how the transfer portal does impact this year, along with the COVID pandemic. We're going to see a lot of guys not sign either on, not a lot. We're going to see a certain subset of guys not sign on signing day and a lot of movement even after signing day. So we might be talking about signing day coming up tomorrow. And as you mentioned, the recruiting rankings are going to be changing, but there's still a lot of movement to be happening over the next couple of months as well. Yeah. Why don't we continue that conversation movement that will be taking place chaos that could be breaking out uh, in the world of college football. You always anticipate that and good news, maybe not immediately, but good news for the gamers out there in the college football world. We'll get to that before the show ends on today's show. It's locked on college football and it's presented by builtbar.com. I grabbed a built bar this afternoon. It was a busy day for me, Andrew. And it's just, it's so simple, so helpful, and so tasty. We're talking about a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar with so many different flavors. I grabbed a toffee almond, loved it. I, the most recent box I got was of the mixed flavors. So if you go to builtbar.com, you'll see all these amazing flavors. They're always adding to the list caramel brownie, cookies and cream, some of their more recent bars. They're covered in 100% chocolate, and they are a healthy option for you at builtbar.com. Yeah, man, it's my favorite go-to. I mean, like I talked about it all the time. I eat it every single morning. Um, I am a sucker for chocolate. I'm a sucker for candy bars. But if I can combine my love of candy bars and chocolate and a healthy option like a Built Bar, every morning I grab myself. I actually have it right here next to me. I got my mint brownie Built Bar wrapper right there because I had that with the nice One of my box. new favorites, oh. by the way, mint brownie, one of my new favorites. Oh, my gosh. It is so delicious. And, again, it's a great way to start your day because not only are you getting that candy bar taste, sometimes you're having a rough day. Eating a candy bar is what gives Gets you better, right? It makes you a little happy. You get that chocolate in you, but you also get those health benefits as well. Looking at the cookies and cream flavor, which is also one of my favorite flavors, comes in 17 grams of protein and a 130 calorie bar, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs. It's perfect for the health conscious man or woman. And right now, if you go to builtbar.com, you can take advantage of an awesome promo code to get built bars delivered directly to your door. So go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on. You'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. So Andrews, we cover what's going on with recruiting. As we mentioned, a lot of the recruiting has been wrapped up with the 2021 class, but we'll see names added to the list. Coverage though, of course, is a it's a 12 month a year conversation in recruiting. There's all kinds of national coverage, several sites that are covering it on a daily basis. But I'm doing a show with Locked On Vols, which is an SEC country. You have Locked On Hawkeyes, Iowa, and the Big Ten. What's it like in in Big Ten in term Big Ten territory as far as day to day constant coverage of recruiting? Because in the SEC, it's rabid, it's nonstop. Yeah, I mean similar to the SEC, it is a big deal, right? Recruiting is a huge deal, but I think for different reasons. So a lot of the teams in the Big Ten are going to be recruiting, you know, except for the Blue Bloods, right? You look at Michigan, Ohio State, those are going to be your two anomalies in this situation. But in the Big Ten, and I'm assuming this is going to be different than the SEC, so correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of these schools are focusing heavily on in-state prospects, and that's where the difference is. So whereas I'm assuming in SEC, it's like, let's get this five-star recruit. We're getting this four-star running back out of California. And Iowa, it's like, hey, let's get this awesome guy who's been playing at Des Moines um, Valley or West Des Moines Valley for the last three years. Uh, it's an in-state guy who grew up a Hawkeye fan. So there's a little bit less – there is some excitement, right? But for the most part, we have a pretty good idea of who's going to be joining our programs, at least when you look at Iowa, you look at Nebraska, Wisconsin, um, 
Minnesota does a pretty good job with this. Uh, you pretty you have a decent idea of who's going where pretty early on in the Big Ten outside of maybe the Ohio States and Michigans because they're going up against such big schools. But a lot of these schools are recruiting and doing a fantastic job of recruiting in-state and the Midwest where not a lot of teams typically try to poach players from them. Yeah, you know, uh, in the SEC, you want to take care of the players that are inside the state. Uh, Georgia wants to hold on to its big-time players. But if you look at last year's class, Georgia went outside the state for a number of players. Georgia's also – it's a monster. So it went and got the best player in Texas. I'm, I may be off on a few states here, but the best player in North Carolina, best player in Tennessee. You know, they, they went and, and went to a bunch of different states and did really well. Clemson did not recruit that many South Carolina kids. So it's a, it's a regional storyline that also has national coverage because SEC schools do go to Texas, and, and Texas A&M is in the SEC, of course, now, but you know, go to <laughs> California and go to Ohio. And Ohio State, of course, wants to get the best players in that state. But you know, the, the recruiting battles sometimes become more interesting storylines, I think, in the SEC than actual games. You know, like ten- Tennessee versus Ole Miss has been a recruiting storyline a number of different times. They're not going up against each other very often on the field. They actually do play in 2021. Lane Kiffin's coming to Knoxville. But, you know, when it was Butch Jones versus Hugh Freeze, they had a number of, of big recruiting battles. And that's just – that's a huge story that gets covered and has a ton of fan interest in, in the SEC. And I, I think it happens within other conferences, but it's not as deep as you're probably talking about Tennessee versus Ole Miss. You're, you're talking more Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, get the majority of the headlines probably right in the Big Ten, yep. Clemson, Florida State in the ACC. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. It is, you know, a lot of those big-time recruits are going to be gobbled up by an Ohio State, a Michigan, or a Penn State. I think what does make it interesting, you talk about, you know, you often don't necessarily go against these teams on the field, but it's a huge battle off the field where I do appreciate how the Big Ten divided up the two divisions because – your divisions are literally the geographical surroundings that are next to you. So Iowa's goes up against Minnesota, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Illinois each year, right? Those are also the same States they're recruiting from this year. For the most part, Iowa has only gotten players out of Iowa or the surrounding States. So Nebraska, Iowa have some good battles. Iowa, Wisconsin have some good battles, Iowa, Minnesota. So, I mean, it's a little bit different, but um, again, we're not battling over typically five-star recruits. We're typically battling over three-star type of guys. Whereas those guys are very important for a program. They're not the kind of guy who's going to put you on the USA Today front page about some big name recruit. And I'd be very interested to see what the, you know, what the PAC 12 is like as well, because there's a ton of talent over there, especially in California where that gets poached quite a bit. Um, Arizona, also uh, an area that gets poached quite a bit as well. I'd be very interested to see kind of what their aspects of recruiting look like. Yeah, Clay Helton's done a good job in this recruiting cycle at USC. And and if USC is going to win, obviously recruiting players in that state will be a big deal. But too many players have left. Oregon, I think, recently has done just as good of a job. And again, that's the case this year. Mario Cristobal knows how to recruit. He has an SEC mindset, I think, at Oregon when it comes to recruiting. And I think that's a reason that Auburn had some interest there. And you know, there was some talk that maybe Tennessee could. But other SEC schools are going to be talked about trying to go and get Mario Cristobal back because he has that building mindset that exists in the SEC but if if USC gets back to where it was recruiting at its best with Pete Carroll well then it's going to get back to competing at a national level USC was good this year but USC is not what we expect USC to be when it's at its best and that's going to come back to recruiting by the way one of my favorite recruiting profiles if you go back and look is George Kittle so there's an Iowa connection. He, he looks like I, I don't mean this as any kind of insult he looks like you know a middle school recruit 
who now is one of the most impressive physical specimens in the NFL. But uh, th- there's a reason he wasn't rated that high, but look at the way he developed in college and he became the kind of player that he is today. But George Kittle shouldn't have been a five-star out of high school, out of college, a different prospect. Yeah, I mean, so I have two things to say to that. A, you're absolutely right. George Kittle, <laughs> I don't think anyone we signed George Kittle thought, oh, this guy's going to actually play on Sundays at any point in time. I mean, his dad went to Iowa, played on some legendary teams. Uh, George was an underrated guy. We didn't know if he was going to play wide receiver, linebacker, or tight end. Um, no one really wanted him. And we signed him. On, we offered him a scholarship on the very last day of the recruiting period. He signed. Fantastic. Even at Iowa, he didn't really have – that amazing of a career he event you know he eventually kind of got out of his partying ways and was ready to to buckle down and get some stuff going but injuries wise kind of hurt him but what i find interesting about that story is just because a team is ranked high doesn't mean those players are going to succeed. You look at Michigan. Michigan has done a phenomenal job of recruiting. Texas is always doing a phenomenal job of recruiting, but development is just as important. Now, when you can combine phenomenal recruiting with incredible development, like in Alabama, like a Clemson, that's where you get these dynasties at. And I do think that's always an interesting point to make. USC is a great example of this as well. They've had a solid team, but they can't break through and they are still recruiting very well. So, um, you know, if your team is in the top, or out of the top 30 or top 40, top 50 team, whatever it might be, that doesn't mean your program is going to suck. There's still an opportunity there, but development is going to be much more impactful for your team going forward. Right. There are a few exceptions where we just know, yeah, you know what? It's probably going to work out. Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, LSU for the most part. They had the one year where they really broke through, but for the most part, they're producing a bunch of NFL players. They're developing. Obviously, there's some others that they're looking to find that stability and that consistency. But George Kittle, one of my favorite stories. One other, it's not even uh, football related, but I've just always wondered this. So uh, Steph Curry comes out of high school. He's not a big time prospect. Virginia Tech decides to not offer. That's where his dad went. And he goes to Davidson. You know how things worked out for Steph. That's still somewhat explainable. How did Seth Curry fall through the cracks? He goes to Liberty, ended up transferring to Duke. But once Steph became a player, why did Virginia Tech or another big school say, you know what? Why don't we at least see if it's going to work out with Seth? And by the way, it did. He went to Liberty, transferred to Duke, as I mentioned, and now he plays in the NBA. That's one that I've never been able to figure out. Yeah, I, I don't get that either. I, I feel like at some point you got to take a gamble, right? Yeah. Take a risk that these players might be able to do something. Take a risk on the genes, right? Like the gene pool is clearly pretty darn good. Why don't you just take a chance and just see if it's going to work out? Like that's just a bad miss on some of those teams. I mean, sometimes I think you people can get a little bit too cute. Um, you know, when he came out don't of high over, school, don't overthink everything. Yeah, yeah. When he came out of high school, I'm looking at his profile right now. Six foot one, 165 pounds. Didn't even have a ranking. No ranking at all. Right. I mean, what is that? I mean, I'm sure he's playing the AAU circuit. I'm sure people thought, oh, Seth Curry is going to be a good player. Maybe, but clearly the colleges didn't think so. Yeah. So that's just something I've always wondered. There's never going to be an answer to that, but I needed to get off my chest. We'll come back here for it. a final segment. Uh, people have been have been shouting for years, bring back NCAA football Well, it's coming back. When? We don't know exactly, but the wheels are now in motion. We'll catch you up coming up next here on Locked On College Football. Today's show presented by betonline.ag. If you could have gotten odds on NCAA football coming back, you could be rich today. Betonline.ag can help you, though. Big game coming up this weekend, Andrew. I don't know where you lean, but with the Bucks and the Chiefs, going to be all kinds of interest. This is, uh, it's the Super Bowl. It's the big prop bowl as well. So you have all kinds of props. You have crossover sports, and you can get in on the action at betonline.ag. 
Yeah, I mean, there's if there's one time where you want to put a little money in your pocket and also gamble on basically anything you possibly can, you got to go to betonline.ag for the Super Bowl this Sunday. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. They have some amazing prop bets. I mean, the prop bets on how long the national anthem will go. They also have prop bets of who will score more points, the NBA in the first quarter or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the entire game, right? So it's just stuff like that. They have some really fun stuff that you can be putting a little bit of extra money in your pocket and make that game a little bit more fun. Could be a little bit more fun for the family if you want to put some money in your pockets there as well. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and do not forget to use that promo code locked on to receive that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Andrew, there was news in the middle of the day on Tuesday that was met with a lot of excitement. Now, we'll still figure out what it means timing-wise, but EA Sports announced that it's bringing back NCAA football. They haven't made the game since 2013, so we're talking about eight years ago, and it's not coming out this year. So, again, we don't know a timeline. They don't even have a timeline for when they will announce that the game's coming back. They just announced that it's coming back. There's, of course, the anticipation of name, image, likeness allowance for college athletes. But what did you think hearing this news on Tuesday? I mean, I got freaking pumped, man. The only regret I have is not putting money on EA stock before the morning open because they're up like there three, four go. bucks after that. Um, but, you know, I mean, that game was phenomenal. It's honestly depressing that Madden is not that good given what NCAA football was like in 2013. I mean, they're – to buy a copy of NCAA football 2013, it is just going through the roof because people just want to play. I mean, I literally bought an old PlayStation just to be able to play NCAA football because I wanted to, because it was such an incredibly developed game. It's made by a different team. So I expect it to be pretty good coming out as well. Um, I'm excited, man. I, I, I understand the name image likeness piece. I'm glad we're starting to figure it out. I hope it comes maybe in two years, maybe 2022 but uh regardless man i'm pumped my only regret is i couldn't use iowa in some of these past couple seasons uh they have had some phenomenal players i'm curious from your perspective um who would you have liked to play with from an ncaa video game perspective that you weren't able to because the game wasn't out yeah i think the name that comes to mind would be lamar jackson you're gonna go quarterback right so you think about the last few years and the most exciting quarterbacks I would I would think like if you have a, if you have a dorm room or whatever or a house of guys in college you, you go back to those days and you're you're playing a tournament and you bring you got have some buddies coming over and you're trying to pick a team you just take Louisville off the board so yep. that one person can't have Lamar Jackson because fights would end up breaking out so uh, that would probably be the one to, that would stand out over the last few years the the lost player in college football the, the other one that would come to mind would be Johnny Manziel. Johnny football would just be would be a ton of fun to play with. So I'm obviously pulling Heisman winners out there, and I'm pulling quarterbacks, so that would be easy. But who would come to mind for you? Would you go quarterback? Would you go with a different position? Yeah, I mean, it's tough because quarterback is kind of the, the main position, right? Like you look at my favorite team to use NCAA football in was West Virginia back in the day with Pat White, Noel Devine. And you're yeah. basically, I think there's a couple themes here, and it's athleticism and speed. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can go wrong utilizing Alabama. And what I probably would have done if I could use last year's team is actually put in Tua's younger brother because he's a fast little booger. And then you have Henry Ruggs. You got Jerry Judy. You got Devontae Smith. You got Jalen Waddle. I mean, that team can run. You just go four verticals all day and then run with Tua's little brother and you're going to win every single game. Yeah, you know, one of the most frustrating players, uh, this goes back, uh, what's the timeline? We're probably 20 years ago now at this point, but Woodrow Dantzler at Clemson. Remember Woody Dantzler, yes. really good quarterback, and a buddy of mine, he, he, had, he had one play, and I couldn't stop it with a post-corner route, and there was nothing I could do, and he'd scramble with Dantzler, 
and then he's either going to take off or he's going to hit the post corner. And there's nothing I could do defensively to try to stop it, knowing what the play was. So, but that's the beauty of college football. So at some point that's going to come back. I hope in the next couple of years, I will say this with the roster. So name image likeness would be a factor in being able to have the rosters exactly the same. It's 2021, the technological advancements we have now, when the game was still going on and, uh, and Andrew had more time on my hands, I would do whatever it took to be able to go online and whatever card I had, was it a zip drive? I don't remember even how I got yeah. it, but somebody would go online. You'd have the, the, the NCAA football nerds that would, they'd get the game. The first thing they would do is they would update the rosters with the real names because even before we couldn't use the real names, they yep. were fake names, right? So you'd have people that would go in, they'd change every single name to have it updated and cha- change some of the, the bios. So that was then now it'd be so easy to get the updated roster. So uh, whether name image likeness passes or not, you'll have the rosters you need if you want them with where technology is now with these video games. Yeah, it'll be very interesting because like you said, you can you can literally create all those rosters. So I'm I'm sure they're not going to put the name image likeness in there unless they get some sort of approval and the player, you know, decide to sign with that, but it doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, I play a Madden league and we create draft classes with all of these college players before every single league. What I think is going to be really interesting is we have this name image likeness issue. People are going to create these rosters. So you're going to actually play with the real Iowa team, the real Tennessee team, the real Alabama team. But what about future recruiting classes at a certain point? Do you, I mean, can you import recruiting classes? Can you import the, that 24 seven class? You look at it and say, here's the top 300 prospects. I'm actually recruiting these guys. I think that will be, That'd a, be a game really changer cool for dynasty mode. Wouldn't it? It would be amazing. And it would be so cool for those players as well to be able to do that and see their name on that screen as they're probably trying to recruit for a team they're playing for. So I think that'd be super cool. Yeah, I mean, to be a college football player, I know there's a whole lot of discussion about players being able to profit. I think in this one, I don't think the players are worried about profiting. I think the idea of being in a video game, if they can get a free copy, I think most players would say, you know what, that's the compensation. That and being in a video game is what I'm looking for. I don't mean to speak for all of them, but I hear that very often. This is different than, hey, my my jersey's being sold or uh, my face is on a billboard and they're making money off of it. Video game, they know that all the players are in it. That's one where I think sharing would be easier. Maybe not for every single one. You know, in in the NBA, Jordan was not in all the games. So you might have a few players that say you know what i don't want to be in but they would be the exception for sure yeah i mean everything that's come out so far at least from an iowa perspective has been i want to be in this game i want to be in this game and you brought up a great point what if you just said i bet you could probably not buy off buy off sounds wrong but for these players say all right if you want to be in this game we can create you and what we'll do is give you a ps5 or an xbox and we'll give you a copy of the game that's your payment I mean, that, that is wonders for the, for the game in general itself because you have all these college athletes playing. They want to be in the game. And, yeah, if, especially with the name and image and likeness, they're going to be able to probably profit off that in other ways going forward. I think you could probably find 80% of the players who would be okay with their name being in that game and allow them to be in it for a free copy of the game or even a system. Right. And again, this is a conversation for down the line, but if name image likeness passes and is allowed, you could then have, you, you could have events, promotional events where players could go and fun if, would that if everything's be? passed, you know, they could be a part of it. So like you have, you have Madden on ESPN now and they, and they did a, a 2k tournament. I don't know that it was a huge success on ESPN during the pandemic, but the, the pro athletes are allowed to be a part of it. 
that could be the case here in college. So there'd be other ways for them to be a part of it and enjoy it and feel like they're compensated properly and the fans can g- get enjoyment out of it and EA can still make money in the process. It, everybody can win in some way. So it's not going to happen immediately. I don't know when it's going to happen. They don't seem to know, but uh, it's going to happen at some point, and that, I think, is the good news. I, I completely agree. I'm so pumped for it. That that wait list for that game is going to be insane. Yeah. I'd be very curious to see if it breaks records for games sold in a single day. Uh, that, that'll be a lot of fun to watch and something that we're not – not gonna be able to do together, Josh, but uh, we'll 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 be there. It's there goes great. that GameStop stock again. We'll yeah, uh, we'll see if it, go, if it rockets back up again. Uh, so that's going to do it for Ward and Wade Wednesday today. And uh, Andrew, quick note: this is our final Ward and Wade Wednesday together. Which uh, I hate to say, but I'm stepping away from Locked On Vols on a daily basis. I'll still be popping on there. Eric Kane's going to be taking over. He's the the new future host of Locked On Vols. But I've loved doing the show with you here the last few months. It's been a blast. It has been a blast, man. I've learned a lot from you, learned a lot about SEC, and uh, really enjoyed talking Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, You buried the lead there. I think you should have maybe led with that. Um, Our listeners, whoever listens on this Wednesday episode, are going to be sad. They're going to get me now and uh, and a guest to be determined. Uh, So I think that is definitely a big loss for the show, but we'll we'll try to recover. But excited for the future for you, man. Yeah, download and subscription numbers are about to skyrocket. I have a feeling with Locked On College Football. <laughs> How now that sad I'm would that be if away. it drops? How yeah, sad right. if it'd be like, oh man, Andrew sucks. We're not watching the show at all. <laughs> Absolutely not. And Andrew's still going to be ripping on your team. Just give him time. So uh, that's still going to be happening on Wednesdays here on Locked On College Football. And of course, the show will be here five days a week. The network is just humming along with Locked On Today now going on. Locked On Bets, uh, your individual teams, the different leagues, pro and college. So Locked On, Locked On Sports continue to. Uh, bill within the network so andrew it's been a lot of fun and i'm sure we'll see each other and talk to each other down the line absolutely man it's been an absolute blast what a great way to end the show man thanks so much for being here with us today on locked on college football on the locked on podcast network